Welcome back to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and resource you towards growth in all areas of life, personal, spiritual, and professional. We have a number of initiatives to do this, and you can find out more about those initiatives on our website at www.geniusproject.co. And you can come and join us on Instagram, genius underscore project underscore daily. And you can also watch the live recordings of these interviews on our Genius Project YouTube channel. Just make sure you go and subscribe so that you are notified every time a new episode drops. Ladies, on this week's episode of the Genius Podcast, I am joined by Therese Mills. Therese Mills is the appointed leader for the Sisters, the Missionary of God's Love Sisters, and she's also been a participant on the TV show, The Amazing Race. Therese has such a beautiful charism of just being totally on fire for love of Jesus, working with young people in evangelization and youth ministry. And today she's going to join me in this conversation where we're talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in our faith journey and how as women, we can have the courage to really follow and hear those inspirations of the Holy Spirit in our everyday life. So I hope and pray that this conversation is a blessing for you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of The Genius Podcast. Well, Therese, welcome to The Genius Podcast. I'm so stoked to have you joining us. You've been a special part of my life and and my family's life and love to have you. So thank you. Thank you. To be honest, the privilege is all mine. (laughs) You're so wonderful. (laughs) Love you and your family and your ministry. Oh, thanks, Therese. Well, you have been back in Canberra for a little while. We should be in the same room together, given we're in the same town. I know. (laughs) There's so many podcast interviews I do all over the world in Australia. I'm like, you can never be in the same space. But look, you um, you've a sister with the missionaries of God's love. How long have you been with them? Yeah, I'm actually going into my 25th year. Are you jubilee year? I know with the sisters, which is amazing. Like I'm still super grateful to God because I still find it a miracle that I'm a sister. Really? (laughs) Do you? you I do. Yeah. I think just uh, every now and then I look down at my cross or I fix, fix my little cross up and think, oh, they, oh yeah, I'm a sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you have had like such an impact on people and, and just who you are and your spirit that you carry within you is infectious. I know my kids just adore you. When you and Fiona Smith come over for dinner or when we're in the same room my face and our whole bodies hurt from laughing you just have such a gift of joy um it, you're so much fun but not only are you fun but you have this depth of spirituality and, and spiritual wisdom and and I know that you're going to share a lot with our listeners today I'm so grateful for that but I'm wondering if you could share a little bit for our listeners about who you are your vocation I guess your vocation story sure so um I'm with the Missionaries of God's Love Sisters and uh, as I said, I've been going into my 25th year um, and the Missionaries of God's Love Sisters, we're on about the fire of God's love and sharing that fire of God's love with the whole world. That's why we have a little flame on our cross and um, that's about, we particularly have Uh, I guess, a heart for the poor, the marginalised and young people. Um, So we find that God has put us in uh, directions of ministering with those people. And 
it's exactly that, just sharing his love. Yeah, so I didn't grow up thinking that I would be a sister. That's why I said before I feel like it's a little bit of a miracle because my life was going in a completely different direction. Um, I don't actually think I've heard your testimony before. Oh, really? good for me too. (laughs) Well, I thought I was just going to get married and not just. I thought I was going to get married. I couldn't decide if I wanted three or four children. (laughs) Um, I was going down the path of either being a nurse or a famous magician. Really? Um, For real? There you go. (laughs) That's why you give so many good talks. uh, (laughs) Why? Well, your your talks are always really engaging and you you often have those visual prompts. Maybe that's that seed of um, talent sprinkled through. Probably because I'm a super visual person at school. I just needed to see things. If I was just listening, nothing happened. I just didn't take it in. But anyway, I am a bit of a visuals person. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I pretty much as a young person, I wasn't really into my faith. I came from a bit of a Catholic background and, you know, went to a Catholic school, had a very holy Catholic grandmother and pretty holy mum as well. Um, and we have that kind of upbringing, you know, at Christmas and Easter and mum would have went to church, I think on weekends, but she was a single mum and had, she was a nurse. So she worked a lot, um, you know, to survive and to look after us four, there's four Mills kids in the world. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so growing up, I didn't, I just thought I was just going down this path of getting married and having a few children and God had other plans. It was pretty, I've, I feel like it's been a pretty wild journey, Um, you know, from being a young person to, I'm still young. You're still young. We're young yeah. at heart, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah well it's, it's so tell me how you came I guess for your faith to become something that you really owned and that you started to live for yourself because so many of us as Catholics can grow up in Catholic homes go to Catholic schools but not actually take it on and have that personal conversion that personal encounter with the person of Jesus Christ so yeah. what was your turning moment my turning moment was um I I probably was trying to do life on my own um, I was trying to do life on my own in a sense of um, I I grew up in a pretty fearful kind of environment. My father was quite a he was a he was an alcoholic and he was quite abusive towards my mum and us children. So I grew up with a lot of fear and a lot of resentment and a lot of pain in my heart. So I I guess as a young person I tried to fill mm-hmm. that. Um, I guess I tried to fill my heart with what I thought was gonna help it or fix it so I pretty much entered into the party scene as a young person and I lived that life for quite a long time Um, and now looking back you know I was trying to escape the pain and trying to um, you know fix my little broken heart myself and by probably the party scene so I, I ended up actually going to a Catholic youth group when I was in year 12 I think um but I felt like it it just wasn't enough so and I thought I was kind of doing a pretty good thing I was living these two separate lives I'd go along to youth group I tried to go to church on Sundays tried to get involved in my faith but this pull of this party life like very two separate lives for many years um 
And to answer the question about how I, I guess, a turning point, my friend invited me to what's called a summer school of evangelization, like a week-long retreat. And I went to this summer school um, and at first I hated it. I just, (laughs) yeah, I didn't want to be there because I came down, I lived in North Queensland and I only came down to this summer school because it was down near Sydney and I wanted to go shopping. I wanted to go on a train. Because it wasn't really near Sydney, was it? No, it was in Bathurst, (laughs) country, New South Wales. I think back then they didn't even have a Kmart. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) I know. So I went out to this country town and hated it. And all the young people were very cheerful and joyful. And I remember thinking, what drugs are they on? Like, I just... (laughs) I couldn't understand it, you know, in my head. Um, And it wasn't until I guess God captured me. It was actually the Holy Spirit night at summer school. They have these themes and it was pretty much like the second last night of the whole summer school. Um, And the theme was on the Holy Spirit and it was opening up your life and your heart to the Holy Spirit. And my friend and I decided to go in um, into the session because we'd wagged all the other sessions because we didn't want to be there. And we decided to go in because he's a drummer and okay. he and we heard the drums and the music and we're like, it's a live band. There's cool. actual band in there. <laughs> so, you know, the curiosity drew us into the room. And then from there, it was amazing. I was just captivated by the music. I was captivated by a drama that these young people did about the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. And that really spoke to my heart. And then they invited all of us to receive prayer for the Holy Spirit. And I can honestly say through that night, I guess for the first time I opened my heart to the Holy Spirit and allowed the Holy Spirit to I think a big part of it was inviting the Holy Spirit into my pain um and into my broken heart mm. and yeah from there over time I started to slowly let go of this party life and in a way where I didn't need that but I craved God yes. and I craved his spirit because wow. I knew that there was a difference that the Holy Spirit could make in my life. So beautiful, mm. so powerful. Isn't it amazing how one moment can change the trajectory of our entire life? Yeah. Amazing. And, and also that you went uh, and then you, you didn't want to be there, but there was that pull, like God was drawing you to himself Yeah, that night. It's, it's incredible. So I'm also aware that when we do have a lot of pain or when people have got a lot of brokenness in their life, it's not a one and done deal. Sometimes mm-hmm. in my pastoral work, and, and you would find this too, when I walk with women, there's a sense of frustration that mm-hmm. they've had this encounter and why isn't it all instantly fixed and chained. Mm. Can you speak into that experience? Because for yourself, that would have been true, that that's a long journey out and it's probably still a journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's true. I think, Karen, we look for the quick fixes and we want those quick fixes. And I think even as young people, that's what we get sucked in into the world, you know, have this take that, eat that, <laughs> wear that because it's going to make you feel better and it's going to make you feel better quick yes. um, kind of thing. And I think I, I was 
really sucked into those patterns of eat this, drink that, wear that, be with that person because that's going to make us feel better. Um, and you're right, it's not a once-off thing for me, for my life. It was it was a long time of healing yeah. um, and a long time of allowing the Holy Spirit to really come into those places of pain and inviting the Holy Spirit and, you know, inviting Jesus into, into those places of pain and hurt um, and being real with with him, being real with him and going, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. I need me, your help. What else, what else helped you sort of walk out of that place? Because there's our faith and there is the Holy Spirit, but we, we're holistic people that like we need relationship, we need community, we need sometimes therapy. Like what helped you? Yeah, good question. I think what helped me was I probably got to a place where I knew I couldn't do it on my own. I needed the the faith. I needed to rely on Jesus and Holy Spirit. But I also um, allowed other people to come into my life and journey with me. Like we can't do Christianity alone and we're not, I don't think we're created to do it alone. We're created to do it with others and we're created to be on this journey of faith with others. So a big part of my healing was, you know, allowing, opening my life to, you know, other women who was able to journey with me and I'm able to just sit down and say, this happened and it was hard and have a cry and, they prayed with me and, you know, prayed for healing. And that was just so powerful. You can't underestimate the power of community and face-to-face. I know coming out of COVID, even now, you know, we're 2023. So we're a couple of years past almost our last lockdown. I think it's two years ago, actually, this week that we would have got into that second lockdown. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're coming up for two years, but I feel that a lot of people have not necessarily reconnected in the same Mm. way with people and there is a lot of isolation and it's lovely to just have that reminder that we're not meant to do life alone that yeah at the time if we're struggling I mean all of us have crosses to bear and to carry in life and and when we struggle in isolation with those crosses, they become overwhelming and we can fall Absolutely. into despair. So just simply voicing that with someone and, and having someone come alongside you, there's mm. so much power in that, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there really is. And I think, um, as you say, just voicing it and, and allow, I think I think it's women, we're not really good at asking for help. No. We're not, no. We're not really good <laughs> at going, you know what? I'm having a hard time. You know, often it's like, hey, how are you going? Oh, really good. You know, um, so I really? think, <laughs> sorry. But how are you going really? Really? That's right. Yeah. How are you going? Re- I remember hearing a um, a preacher. I think she might have been a sister. For, I don't know where she was from. But she said, you never ask anyone how they're going unless you've got a good hour to spend with them. I was yeah. like, oh, that's very challenging. It is. Um, but anyway. But I think we we are good at just just saying that. Yeah, really good. But I think being able to have people in our life um, to be able to go, well, actually, life's really hard, you know, and, yeah, maybe can you pray with me or offering to pray 
with someone or just being a listening ear, going for coffee, having a chat. Yes. Mm. And I think just the flip side of that is being the women that can be those women for others that we actually have to learn the skill of present, learning Mm. to be present for somebody and to hold that space as they open and unveil, you know, the depths of their soul. I mean, you and I both know women who have been that gift to us in our life and nothing comes next to that does Mm. it like they're just someone to really sit with you and to be with you and I think very much in our world where quick life is fast and Instagram and you know social media and all those things we actually are losing a sense of presence we're learning we have to cultivate the art of being yeah that's right and I I just uh, yes one thing I really like to encourage women towards is that cultivating the art of presence can be yeah and and I think hearing you say that that I think there's something about too being open to how the spirit can use us and be open to even the little nudgings of the spirit you know like I think sometimes we might get that little nudge or that prompting and think how is so and so going or how is um you know how you know last time that friend of yours or that lady on the bus (laughs) or that lady in the shops shared about um, you know, she's having a hard time. How's that going? Yeah. Um, I think sometimes the spirit gives us little nudges and I think so- sometimes we freak out, you know, think I'm not going to ring that person or I'm not going to um, yeah. pray with that person or do that because in our own kind of weakness, we think we don't have it all together. But I think, I really think that the spirit gives us little nudges and little promptings to, you know, to step out in faith and to step out. As you're sharing that story, I think about there's a woman at the checkout in Aldi when I do my groceries each Friday. And one day she was just talking nonstop because I said, how are you? (laughs) So she she literally shared as we're, you know, she's scanning my groceries about her daughter who was on drugs and then she wasn't able to raise a child. So this woman who's a grandmother had to take the child and the dog. And Mm. anyway, you know, obviously you've got to keep moving in Aldi, otherwise you get into trouble. And about a month later, I hadn't seen her for a month and I was doing my groceries again. And at the checkout, I just said to her, oh, how's your daughter going? And how's, oh, oh, cool. you just burst into tears. She's getting groceries. She's like, thank you for asking. And oh, that's beautiful. It's just, I think that taps into what you're saying, that we just being present and, and responding to the inspirations and the nudges of the Holy Spirit is some of the ways in which the Lord can use us in the lives of others. But we have to really cultivate this space in our life for the Holy Spirit to be present. And I'd love for us to dive into that in today's conversation is really talking about the role that the Holy Spirit plays in our spiritual walk and our life. Mm. And I had someone once in coaching say, I understand God the Father. And Thank God the Son. I don't understand the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So can you speak into, I guess, just a very basic understanding for people about the role of the Holy Spirit in, I guess, the Trinity and the life of the Trinity? Yeah. And I think it's really important to to try. I don't think we'll ever get our heads around the Trinity and who the Holy Spirit is. I think we're going to get to heaven and go, oh, yeah. It all <laughs> um, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I think it is important to try and somehow to grasp, I think, that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. I think often we probably have heard or experienced or, you know, through, I don't know, through our faith maybe or background that 
that the Holy Spirit is seen as symbolic, mm. you know, like maybe, and, you know, in scripture, the, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in the form of a dove at his baptism. So we do get these kind of, I guess, symbolic or, you know, some some might say the Holy Spirit's like a, a fire, a flame. Well, I said it before, a flame, flame of God's love, um, or, you know, like a, a, a beautiful white dove or a beautiful sparkling waterfall where you stand under it and you're like, oh, kind of thing. <laughs> um, but I think it's important for us to know that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And just as we can have this loving relationship with Jesus, with the Father, we too are drawn into this intimate, loving relationship with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I think sometimes, you know, that can sound a bit heady, but I think when we experience the the Spirit as the third person of the Trinity, or when we go a bit beyond the symbolism or the maybe objectifying the spirit does that make sense Mm. Mm. yeah it does it does and I think it's really the animating like it animates our faith that the Holy Spirit comes in and brings our faith to life and I love you know that scripture where Jesus talks about the gift that he's going to leave his disciples was his spirit and the Holy Spirit is often referred to as the great counselor Mm. so I, I like to think of the Holy Spirit as just that presence that is offering counsel, wisdom, prompting my heart, you know, that movement in my life of following the Lord, how the, yeah, I guess the Holy Spirit just animating my faith, I guess. Yeah. And, and being, I I like that, um, you know, being the advocate and the helper, like, as you said, that beautiful scripture where Jesus says before he, you know, send it in heaven, heaven, he said, I'm going to send you a helper, an advocate to be with you forever. Um, and, you know, fire or a waterfall is not really relational. <laughs> we yes. can't have a relationship with, with those things, yes. but we can have a relationship. We're called, we're called, we're created to be in relationship. And and I love that because we're created to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, mm. beautiful. There's a great book um, by Father Jacques Philippe called In the School I love him. of the Holy Spirit. So do I. He'd be my all-time favourite spiritual author, I think. Same. He's very good. So much wisdom. And like he, he really unpacks, I guess, the role of the Holy Spirit in our faith. And so if women aren't familiar with, with the Holy Spirit and would like to become more acquainted and understand this more, Father Jacques Philippe's book is really beautiful, but he talks Mm. about listening to, well, firstly, it's like cultivating that interior prayer life so that we can hear the voice of God in our life. Mm. How can women, I guess, cultivate in the midst of busyness of life, some time and space to really hear what the Spirit is saying to them? Mm. You know, I I heard, um, it actually really spoke to me. I heard a mother of six um, say, we have to find silence in our time, in our day. And she said, we can make excuses in the world not to find silence. But she, her, her thing in life, in, in, you know, opening up to the Holy Spirit was we have to try and find silence in our day. And that even if it's pockets of silence throughout the day, to allow the spirit to come into our hearts and also for, I think for us to listen to the spirit like you know as sisters we have this privilege of being able to spend an hour of prayer every morning in silence but I know that you mothers can't do that and I know that a lot of women 
in the world can't do that and it's impossible to do that. Um, but there was uh, just something in this mother that said, even us mothers, we can't make excuses. We've got to try and not try. She said it's crucial to put silence in our day. So I think that's one way where we can um, really open up to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts is that silence. Absolutely. And that ties into this beautiful quote from Mother Teresa. I think which that mother was picking up on is that God speaks in the silence of the heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a non-negotiable, must-have moments of solitude and silence so that Mm. you can hear the voice of God, that you can have him within you because the whole point of our Christian walk is to carry the image of God within us. And when we're so Mm. busy, um, we're not actually able to offer and reflect that image as well to to people that we encounter. Mm. Jacques Philippe gives this beautiful example of the lake and he talks, I don't know if you know that quote, but he talks about the lake being similar to the image of God within us and that when that lake is agitated and, you know, there's a storm, then we don't reflect the image as clearly. But when that lake is calm, we're able to better reflect the image of Christ. And he's talking about prayer directly, that when we come before the Lord in silence, we allow the lake of our spirit just to settle, to become calm so that we're able to encounter the Lord, but then also reflect his image more clearly to other people. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I think the Holy Spirit really prompts us in prayer. When we sink down, I mean, there's all the busyness, there's all the thoughts, you know, the to-do list when we come to prayer, but then we have to spend a little bit of time there to let those thoughts come and go and then to settle Mm. and then to descend into this contemplation. And that's, it's that place of contemplation. The Holy Spirit really starts to prompt our spirit. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think as you were saying, I was also thinking we, you know, we want to make space for silence, but I think the Holy Spirit also works in the chaos as well. True. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm reminded of, um, that when you were just talking about the lake and and the that place of quiet, I was reminded of um, that the scripture, you know, of Peter who was out on the water with Jesus and he started to sink and he started to freak out. And when he, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, this is bad, I'm drowning, I'm sinking. And it was would have been chaotic because there would have been storms and it would have been crazy. But he yelled out, Jesus, save me, and reached up. And I, I find that instant moment of there could would have been amidst the chaos there would have been complete and utter stillness at that very moment of, you know, Jesus taking him by the hand and pulling him up towards himself. Mm-hmm. So I think I think even for us women, yes, we are very much called to, as you said before, it's crucial that we've got to find silence. But in the chaos, I think we can call out too. Absolutely. And- and yeah. also keep our eyes fixed on him in the chaos. I think that's where, you know, Peter went wrong as he took his eyes off Christ and he sank. He did. And yeah. If we can mm-hmm. keep our eyes fixed on Christ in the midst of the chaos, then he does lead us through. But that's where we sort of find ourselves sinking into our own resources when we, we let our gaze drop from him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So Therese, what are some of the ways in which women can, I guess, cultivate a life where they are hearing the Holy Spirit and and I guess responding to the moves of the Holy Spirit in their life? Mm, I think um coming into the what we've talked about, coming into the quiet, the stillness, and making time each day and getting into the habit of doing that almost 
making it a habit. Um, and I think cultivating the spirit also by being open to the promptings of the spirit. Like how is, you know, even like how is the spirit using me in my gifts, in what I have? Like what, what even doing a little, uh, there's some beautiful stuff out there on, um, you know, really discovering the gifts that the spirit's given me. Like what are my gifts, you know? Is my gifts hospitality? Is it administration? Is it evangelization? Is it prophecy? Um, there's some really great stuff on getting in touch with our gifts, or, or you know, seek asking the Holy Spirit what what are my gifts and how do you want to use me? Like, how do you want to use me to with my family? How do you want to use me with my husband? How do you want to use me with in my workplace? Um, yeah. Yeah. And giving, I think giving him time, you know, coming back to that thing of being in relationship, a relationship, if I'm going to get to know someone, discover someone, I've got to, I've got to spend time with them. So it's spending time with the spirit and being open. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And then also, I think what you picked up on there is just looking at where is the Lord speaking to you? What is he asking you to do uniquely? Yeah. So, and then responding and having the courage to do that. So you know, if you're in the checkout line and say like I was at Audi and you feel a prompting to ask how someone is, but you think, oh no, that would be prying or be silly or something or having a phone call with someone saying, I noticed that you you were a bit quiet today. I just wanted to check in if everything's okay. Sometimes we can have that thought and then we get busy again and the moment passes and That's we don't right. realize that that actually would have been, I believe they are the promptings of the Holy Spirit. That yeah. The Holy Spirit reveals to us a need in someone or a need in the world. And then we are invited to respond and mm. we need to also cultivate the virtue of courage mm. to be courageous in responding and, and humility that you know, it might be rejected or it might not land well with somebody, but to, exactly. to do that. You know, it was funny, many years ago, we'd been up in Queensland for a holiday and we came back to Canberra. It was bitterly cold and the, the meter man was checking all the meters in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. And Jonathan back at this time was never at home during the day. He was always in the office and he was home on this particular day at midday when the meter man came. And the meter man checked the meter and then he went back down the stairs and then he came back up. And he just said, I, I really feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Now, yes. it was so bizarre. And he goes, I hope that's okay. And then he left. <laughs> but it was, it was so funny because we had just driven back from Queensland and Jonathan and I were discerning some very big decisions now and, and very specific decisions. They weren't vague. And this meter man just spoke exactly into, it was so bizarre. But, they, you know, that's the, I believe that's the move of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So if we don't have the courage to say it, then that moment might, may pass and maybe the confirmation that someone's waiting for may not be given or a word of encouragement or a word of hope or a word that says, you know, oh, maybe yeah. pursue this. So I think cultivating that virtue of courage is so important as well. Yeah, and moving in it. And, you know, I think I was just reminded of a situation that happened to me at the airport, which I'll tell you about. But um, moving in, I think moving in that courage and asking the spirit to be with us, like, you know, Jesus says, I'm going to give you a helper and he's going to be with you forever. Like he's not just going to drop you and leave you and kind of leave you high and dry. Um, he will He will give us what we need mm. to move in that fortitude, to move in that courage. 
Yeah. I was reminded as you were saying that, um, I don't know if I've told you this story, but many years ago, a couple of years ago, I was in the airport and I was I actually had about four hours to kill and I was waiting for my plane and the person said, I've got to go. Do you want my newspaper? And I was like, yeah, thanks. And so I started reading the newspaper and I came across all of like, from memory, I feel like it was about eight pages of escort agencies and, um, you know, like prostitutes and it just I, just, I was just gobsmacked because I feel like it was genuinely eight pages. And I remember thinking, this is really bad. And then Karen, I had this prompting because they were all mobile phone numbers. And I had this prompting, well, Therese, text them and to give them a bit of hope. <laughs> And, and and tell them that they're loved and that they have dignity and that Jesus loves them. And I'm thinking, no. And then I looked at my <laughs> clock and I still had three three hours and 45 minutes to go. So I was like, okay. And I was, my heart was pounding. I bet it was. <laughs> and so I sat there for three hours and I was texting these wow. people. I thought they were all women, but apparently I was texting a few men as well. But, um, and I just said, you know, like, I just, I just feel prompted to let you know that you have dignity, you, you are worth it, your body is worth it, you know, and I said, sorry, I'm just a random, but I just want to let you know. <laughs> and so did but, you get any responses? Yeah, I did. I got a lot of negative ones, and that was okay. But um, I got a number of positive ones, too. Like it was mm. actually two women I'm I'm friends with today we are have you, are you really yeah we have a, a friendship I've never met them but we we keep in touch over mobile and texting wow. and she sends me little photos of her grandchildren wow so yeah you never know do you well no and and one guy I got a call from this guy he's like who are you and was just about to abuse me and I said look I'm really sorry I just I just need to explain myself <laughs> Um, and he ended up being a, a brothel owner and I'm still um, buddies with him too. Like we're, wow. we, we keep in touch and one time he goes, oh, he kind of asked me to, he said, pray for me, I, I don't have much business. And I'm like, are you serious? Oh, I don't think and I said, no worries, I'll be praying for that, but not in the way that you want me to pray. Um, he was being a bit cheeky. Um, anyway, his business ended up closing down and he wrote to me and said, well, you obviously prayed too much. I'm shutting the business. <laughs> oh, golly, golly. Oh, it's amazing. But, you know, it's a great story. Yeah, but I think it's just, just being open, you know, to the promptings of the spirit and to how the spirit does want to use us or, or though I could have probably reject, I did want to reject those promptings, <laughs> the little nudgings. Yeah. But yeah, I felt like the spirit's going, no, Therese, text them. Yeah. Oh, wow. Amazing. And just having the courage to do that. Yeah. And I think the Holy Spirit also brings to life our faith. It animates our faith in a, in a really beautiful way. I know like mm. reading scripture as well, just how it comes to life and, and the Holy Spirit then sort of prompting the spirit about how you can put that scripture into practice or what the Lord's trying to say to you or guide you through that scripture. And that is the presence of the Holy Spirit sort of leading you in that way. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think the Holy Spirit, I know, you know, many people will often share that the Holy Spirit, I guess, brings alive the scriptures. Yeah. And even 
going to, you know, Eucharist, going to Mass. I can remember when they prayed with me for the Holy Spirit. I went to Mass for the first time and thought, have they changed Mass? This is different. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, just just that that kind of almost, you know, I think the Spirit gives us a new lens like yes. to look, yeah. Absolutely. And then also specific gifts too, like the, the Holy Spirit. There are the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and so the Holy Spirit gives different people very specific gifts for, mm. I guess, what they're being called to do. So moving in the Spirit and, and nurturing, cultivating those specific gifts is also really important. Yeah, for sure. Therese. You're good at doing that, Karen Doyle. You're oh. beautiful at moving in the gift. Oh, well, thanks. You live Therese. the fruits of the Spirit too. Well, I try to, not perfectly by any means. <laughs> yeah, we've all that's all we can do, hey, is try we, and we just get up try and, and try. ask. Yeah. And, and it's interesting when you are persistent and, and sometimes we have to be persistent in our prayer. Yeah even when it's dry, even when it's hard, even when we don't seem to be getting the answers to prayer that we're begging for. Mm. I think being remaining faithful because God is always faithful to us. There's two things I know. He's always good. He's always faithful and yeah. he loves us so much. And he wants to draw us to himself. He wants to bring our faith to life and, and he gives the Holy Spirit to really guide us on this journey. Mm. And, yeah, just to finish with that, um, my favourite scripture is... Um, you know, where Jesus says, if you then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the spirit to those who ask? So I think that's, you know, for us women who aren't really great at asking, I think let's step out and ask. Yeah, ask the Holy Spirit. I love that image because I kind of love it. You know, when parents give their kids a, a gift, you can see their little faces light up and they love it. And the parents think, oh, they love that gift. And it kind of, I love it because I think that's what the Heavenly Father's doing. Guys, I've got something really good for you. I've got the Holy Spirit, you know, like. And we need to be like almost childlike and to to, to receive that. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Therese, thank you so much. Can I ask for you to just close in prayer and just to pray for women listening yeah. to this podcast just online today that for the Lord would really be close to their hearts and part that gift of the Holy Spirit to them. Yeah, let's pray. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So let's be encouraged just to um in this time just to you know just to open our hearts to the spirit maybe you might like to close your eyes or feel free to keep your eyes open and sometimes maybe you might like to hold your hands out too which is like a symbolic gesture of going okay I'm open I've got my hands out open ready to receive so Holy Spirit we pray right now Holy Spirit that you would just come upon each person listening to this podcast pray Holy Spirit that you would come with all the gifts that you desire to give us the fruits we pray for love particularly when it's hard to love those around us we pray holy spirit that you would help us love we pray for peace for those who experience pain and turmoil and suffering we pray holy spirit that you will come into that place that you'll come into that pain into that suffering into the anxiety that you would bring your peace right into that place we pray holy spirit that where we need joy 
that you would come with a spirit of joy. We pray, Holy Spirit, that where we need patience, that you would pour out the gift of patience into our life. We pray, Holy Spirit, for those that are seeking kindness, gentleness, faithfulness. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would empower us to move in these gifts, that you would give us the grace, the strength to move in these gifts. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that when we're in the midst of chaos, when the storms are happening around us, we pray that just like St. Peter, we can call out. And as soon as we call out, we know that you're there ready to take our hand and draw us closer to you. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would Provide opportunities for us to come into the stillness, come into your presence every day, each day. Help us to make it a habit. Provide opportunities for us in every way. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill our hearts with your love, that you would enkindle in us the fire of your spirit, that flaming love that you have for each one of us so intimately and so passionately. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God Amen. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. And hello to everyone out there. Goodbye to everyone out there listening. And yeah, it's been great. Great catching up with you. It's always good catching up with you, Karen Doyle. Well, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed that conversation. And I, I really enjoyed the way that Therese just spoke so openly about the role of the Holy Spirit in her life and her faith journey. If you would like to find out more about the Missionaries of God's Love, you can go to the link in the show notes. And you can also find a link below to Father Jacques Philippe's book, which we mentioned in this episode in the School of the Holy Spirit. Now, Father Jacques Philippe has many, many books, which I really recommend. One of those is Searching for and Maintaining Inner Peace and Interior Freedom. You can get all of those books online, but they are seriously my top pick for spiritual reading. And I strongly recommend them for anyone really wanting to cultivate their faith journey and spiritual formation. Until next week, ladies, have a really beautiful week. God bless you. And I look forward to you joining me again next week on the Genius Podcast.